podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, to continue our efforts to help job seekers and professionals during this COVID-19 times. Today's topic is all about creating an outstanding resume. So I'm delighted to be joined by Caroline Brown, the founder of Interview IQ and an amazing resume writer. So we're going to discuss some of the key ideas and strategies around creating an amazing resume that get shortlisted every time. So let's talk to Caroline and find out more. Hi there everyone. This is Naishad Gadani and Caroline Brown coming to you to deliver another career care package uh, in the times that we find ourselves in. It's a, it's a, one of the most difficult time uh, to be a job seeker or if you want to change your career, it's, it's one of the those times. And uh, it is our purpose uh, to, to do this LinkedIn live shows and provide a bit of hope, uh, you know, guidance and supports, insights, ideas, to those job seekers who are particularly struggling at this time. Uh, and so we've been doing this LinkedIn Live or delivering career care package to you uh, since last two and a half weeks. Uh, this is our uh, 12th uh, LinkedIn Live, uh, which is amazing, uh, you know, run that we had. And we want to continue doing this because we see the you know, real value and the benefit to the job seekers out there. Uh, and thank you everyone who is tuning in uh, to see, uh, you know, uh, our lovely faces uh, and also lovely faces of some of the guests that we've been getting. Uh, uh, you know, today we are going to talk about another interesting topic, a topic that is kind of, uh, you know, everyone likes to talk about it. Uh, but not many people have an idea of, of what it is to to build a great a great resume. Uh, so it is me and Caroline today who will be jamming and talking about uh, resumes. So welcome, Caroline. Welcome from Gippsland. 
Gippsland is sunny today for everybody that's interested in my daily weather report from Gippsland. Gippsland is beautiful and sunny. So it's a lovely gentle breeze, a few birds chirping. So that's what you might hear in the background. So, yeah, look, I think um, it's interesting about CVs, isn't it? Because yeah. um, there's a lot of things that people routinely do to shoot themselves in the foot. And even just, you know, clearing all of that up will make your CV stand out. But then I think there is a, a few different things around this time because that you need to do with the CV because of the sheer volume of um, applications that are, you know, hitting systems oh. basically because of a lot of people unfortunately um, losing their jobs. So, yeah, I think we should sort of talk about um, that as well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So let, let's begin with one of the one of the important piece to to look at, and this is my theory around resumes, is that uh, you know a lot of people start with resumes and then they then they go and uh, you know do everything else. I believe the resume is probably third or the fourth step in the process of you finding work because obviously mm -hmm. you've got to have a clarity about what you're looking for, you know, finding out about what employers are looking for. Uh, by, mm -hmm screening the job ads uh, and really zeroing with what skill set they are looking for uh, you know what kind of person uh, that the employers are looking for so if you can start the discussion with the with the, the idea of having a strategy uh, you know about a resume because you've been writing resume more than uh, you know I have written resumes mm. you know. so you know when you take a project um, mm. you know, how how much time do you spend in really thinking and strategizing before you actually write the first uh, first word on the resume? Mm. And what is your process around how, you know you know about building a strategy of the resume? Mm. Well, I suppose the strategy comes from you know you don't sit with a resume template in front of you and fill it out because um, a lot of the templates that you get online are designed by designers and they're not particularly user-friendly and they don't actually showcase the right information. So don't use a template to start off with and that's not the place to start. The strategy for me is a deep dive, right? Mm. So getting the person, first of all, to do a deep dive into themselves. So a series of targeted questions that lead to an ultimate answer. So... Um, questions around what you enjoy, what other people would say about you, um, what you could talk about every day. So, um, and then some really targeted questions around each role. So um, I use a star approach with people or get people to mm -hmm. tell their stories for each role. So significant things that they've been highlights or accomplishments or achievements or value that they've added, the story behind that that gives a real richness and for like the last 10 years or the last three roles or whatever is really relevant to what they might be going for um, and it's interesting what comes out from that so there's a real richness of information and then the the process basically is then well if you thought about these things what were the strengths and skills that you're demonstrating and then thinking about you know that like that sets up kind of a compass around well, what it, what's next? Is it more of the same or is it, um, you know, something different or have the examples actually I've given caused me to think, well, actually, 
it's not quite aligned to what I really enjoy every day. So it's an interesting um, sort of few roles oh. that kind of pop out of that process. So that's kind of like the person's research on themselves. And then what I do with my clients is have a long interview that sometimes seems like a bit of a job interview, but it's really oh. finding out about the choices that they've made, what they've really oh. loved, what was going on behind the scenes in the company, and hearing in their voice um, the things that they get excited about. And sometimes it's yeah. very different from what they've written. <laughs> so those two that's things, um, and that's the, sort of the process a lot of resume writers go through. You know, they go through a, a very a variation of that, but essentially it's that. It's, it's like teasing out the story oh. and deciding which of the stories are going to be the best ones to position oh. um, on, on that resume. So... That's yeah. that. That's that's sort of the two step, and then it's like, well, you know, what, you know, then then there's what the market is looking for as well. So the resume needs to, you know, that's the research of what jobs are available. That resume needs to, you know, address that problem that the employer has that they've created a role for. Um, so it's yeah. sort of like a three step, and that's actually before any any writing goes on yeah, at all. That's so that's yeah. I also, you know, believe that, you know, most of the job seekers, you know, people obviously, if they want to, you know, they're creating resume by themselves is that you need enough raw material to work with, yeah. you know, and that's why it is very important to put that on a piece of paper. You don't start to write the final product straight away, yeah. just like how authors would do. Authors would write, you know, many ideas, uh, you know, their arguments on, you know, on, on a different documents and then they start to kind of you know uh, draw the string or you know yeah. write the you know sort of you know cohesive argument around mm -hmm. that with stories and anecdotes and i think resume is probably on a similar lines uh, obviously mm -hmm. it's not as free flowing as a book would be but mm -hmm. the central idea that it still needs to be able to you know sort of straight away communicate your argument that yes, you are a great fit for the role. Mm. It is essential uh, to to really write down all those things and mm. uh, you know write down your uh, you know the work that you have done. You know bring mm -hmm. all the performance reviews that you had. You know mm. bring all of them. You know uh, you know get your recommendations. You know mm. uh, you know talk think about the the amazing small projects that you have done. Mm. The idea is to gather all the information at one spot before you even start to give that a shape. Mm. And it's interesting because, you know, you talk about all of the small projects. Often, like I've got one client I'm working with at the moment who is an accountant, right, but wants to work in a, um, a, a private equity firm where they're assessing projects for investment, streamlining businesses. And if you looked at the title accountant, you go, how? Well, I'm not sure that really fits, but this person's doing so much that's outside of that that is a great mm. demonstration of um, their interest in, um, you know, taking an idea from nothing to full commercial reality, basically. Yeah. So, you know, all of that, that, that's why that kind of deep research on yourself, all of that is where that becomes really important. It's, you know, that kind of like brain dump sort of, um, sort of process. Yeah, agree. Okay. So, you know, for the listeners, we are going to pause, you know, a couple of times during this LinkedIn Live, you know, just to check on if we have received any comments or questions 
on our LinkedIn live. Uh, so you might see me, you know, zooming out and checking my phone to to make sure that we answer if there are questions because resume is a kind of a topic where people have got many questions. So, uh, so we will do that as uh, you know as I go along. But in the meanwhile, if you've got any questions that you want to really you know uh, talk to us about, you can obviously send the questions straight onto my LinkedIn message because then it's easy for me to check and then we can respond because the idea is to respond to as many questions and comments as we can obviously without knowing a lot of personal uh, you know situation that you you are in we won't be able to give you exact specific answer but at least an answer which can which can start a thought process uh, you know with you so <clears throat> If I can, you know, move, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from strategy to really coming back to designing the resume, you mm -hmm. know, obviously you have seen, you know, multiple formats of resumes, and I've also mm -hmm. seen multiple for formats, and there are some formats that really are, you know, really great. You know, you can see that and say, wow, this is a great resume right yeah. do you see the the value in the visual appeal of the resume uh, you know as such or yeah. is it more like a like you know like the shopkeepers do their mannequin dressings and everything is it you know does it really have a genuine value in terms of you know visual appeal of the resume yeah i think absolutely like i i break down like there are four things that make a resume, take a resume from something you could get off Microsoft Word to something that's really outstanding. One of them is folk, and I can go through these, but one of them is the visual appeal because you can have a whole, mm. people are really visual people. You know, we, if we see something mm. represented visually, we understand it and we, that's the point that we notice. So mm. um, quite often to make a resume really stand out or whenever, actually whenever I've done this, like a graph or a chart or a table, or something that pulls out maybe two or three things that are really notable about that person and absolutely relevant to that job and, and draws your eye, always had a lot of success um, doing that. So um, because it really makes, you know, the really everything else sort of becomes supporting to that. It really makes the, the critical information absolutely um, absolutely stand out. So, you know, something that you could represent in a graph that's going upwards, not down. <laughs> you know, like, do you know what I mean? You've got to be selective about the information that you you yes. put on. Yeah. But absolutely, um, or even like a high, a call out table where you know you tick the the main accomplishments, for example. Um, yes. That that works. Like banner, the, a banner works with yeah. you know a job and a value statement. You know, job you're aiming at and a mm. value statement. Um, uh, it, it takes it from like some colour, some tables, some charts. Take it from just boring to ah, oh, this I I want to take. I'm, I'm I'm at least getting some eyeballs on that CV and eyeballs in the in the right direction. Absolutely, and I think it is also you know important to mention that you know you know when especially when me and Caroline talk about resumes, we are not too much given by or or being a slave of ATS because mm. when you start to become kind of you know given by ATS you're just looking at the advertised job market again so mm. I think that's another thing to, to to consider now obviously graphs and charts and tables are difficult to be screened 
through an ATS system, which we which we agree with it, right? Mm. But at the same time, uh, you know, you know, this, it serves an amazing purpose, as you know, Caroline, you know, just mentioned. Yeah. If you have done some remarkable work you know, and been consistent in the company for two three years, you know, and if you have doubled the sale or if you have reduced the waste or if you have improved the efficiency, and if you can quantify, I think, I think those visual element makes it so easier for the reader to see and yeah. and says wow this is a great way to to showcase yeah. one's accomplishment so so try that out it is not you know it, it's not unusual for people to put graphic elements on the resume mm. but at the same time those graphic elements won't be uh, you know screened mm. uh, if you're looking at the ATS, yeah. uh, kind of system that's why sure. you know a lot of the discussions a lot of the discussions that today we are going to have, which will be primarily having a great resume, uh, not only aimed at, uh, you know, looking at how do I get through ATS. Hmm. I, I just sort of with that point, you know, anything that's visual is written in text, which is scannable. So um, it, it does serve that purpose. But at some point, human eyes are going to be looking at it. So you want to kind of be able to get through that HDS. And, and not all companies have them. I mean, the other thing about, and we talk about the COVID-19 CV, if we can use that terminology, is um, you want to make sure, like, the, the bit that goes hand in hand with the CV is getting, getting your, yeah, using your networks to get your CV in front of somebody, using your networks to get great information about a company. Um, as much as possible, trying to connect up with the, the contact person and, and build that relationship or sending your CV to a recruiter and then ringing them afterwards to make sure they've got it. So, you know, using whatever you yeah. can to put to kind of circumvent that, that, that ATS process. But also knowing yeah. that not every company does have an ATS system, you know. Absolutely. There are, like, the majority Absolutely. of the Australian economy is small to medium enterprises. You know, exactly. Exactly. Now we've got a question. Yeah. We've got a question that has come through, and that's something that we are going to talk about anyway. Mm. Uh, but the question is quantifying achievements, and that is yeah. one of the one of the you know question that we anyway are going to talk about. So, uh, so let's talk about that right now because um, you know, you know, when when we talk about and uh, you know about the accomplishment, most of the people. You know, if they are not into a sales business development, uh, you know, kind of project management roles where they can quantify, a lot of the other people feel that there's nothing that I can quantify. Like, hmm. you know, I have not done anything remarkable. I don't know how do I quantify that. So, you know, tell us a, a, a bit more about how do one, how does one come to quantifying the work that he or she has done? It is the impact on the business, right? So the impact may not necessarily be a number. Um, it, it's thinking about what's the purpose of the role and what am I supposed to be achieving in that role, but also what's important to the future employer? Like what did they want me to achieve? So how are they describing the key purpose of the role and how can I reflect back my... Um, value statements or my achievement statements to to demonstrate that. So it might be, you know, for example, um, it's a like 
improving a improving the customer experience right it might not be measured but at least you've said improved the customer experience by doing blah 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 you've you've acknowledged that your tasks contribute to that um, objective or outcome so um, it might be you know streamlining report reporting or improving and so what does the streamlined reporting help you do? Say if you're an accountant, it helps um, the business make financial decisions faster. So that's the value statement that, um, you know, so for most of what we do or a chunk of what we do, a chunk of what we do is le it's less material, but a chunk of what we do has a material impact on somebody or something or someplace. And that's what you've got to think about with your, um, achievement statements, saving money, saving time, but also yeah. improving teamwork, improving efficiency, improving morale. Um, they're, they're, that, that's the that's the value statement. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's the achievement. Yeah. 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 One of one of one of the things that I was uh, when I was doing a resume writing course, uh, you know, many many years back. You know, it was taught to me that one of the way that one can extract uh, accomplishment uh, is asking a simple question, so what? Mm. So, you know, by asking a simple question around so what? So somebody says that, um, you know, I'll give, you, I'll give you a classic example on that. I was working with a research and development chemist, um, you know, writing his resume and we, we got stuck on to accomplishment. He said, actually, I've got none. I might mm. think I can throw one maximum uh, but then I said so tell me about one of the major thing that you achieved in the last company and he, then he says to me uh, uh, you know we developed a, a telecom powder uh, which was great so I said the question was so what he said that telecom powder was developed after taking customer feedback and it improved the quality it improved the texture I said so what Mm. Then we ultimately found out that because of the improvement he implemented and mm. the, the the chemical composition of the the powder itself was such that that helped to improve the sales by 25%. Yeah. Now that I'd say that's that's an accomplishment. Mm. If you did not do your job properly, that mm. sales would not have happened mm. because we can demonstrate that you took in account of the customer feedback then you change the composition of uh, the chemical composition and due to that the sales actually started to improve mm. so there's a domino effect of your work also that yeah. some you know that at, at times you can actually claim that as part of the accomplishment because had you not done your work well mm. yeah. that would not have happened yeah, Isn't it? I think some people get confused by this. It's like, well, it wasn't all mine, right? I, it wasn't just the composition of the powder. You know, there would have been a sales and marketing effort behind it and, you know, all of that. But it's helped, you know, which helped do that, which helped drive, which helped deliver. But it's actually um, or was a critical part to do da, da-da-da. Do you know what I mean? It's like owning the right amount, like where did where did that fit in that contribution sort of um statement or chain i suppose you know so yeah and then that's like you that's why the reflection is important it's like well if i really thought about it which bit of that does, do i own and how can i describe that um accurately but most people don't even get there 
on, you know, most people have their achievements so far buried in, um, you know, they have a long laundry list of everything they did and the so what bit is like it's down the bottom. I see it time and time again. It's like, no, 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 up the top. <laughs> yeah, but, the, you know, I, I think that that probably stems from the fear that I may yeah. not be able to replicate this in future. Uh, yeah. You know, what if I'm kind of, you know, inflating the expectation of my future employer by yeah. saying that I've not done that. But then you then also there is a consequence of not being selected because yeah. somebody else, you know, was able to articulate the accomplishment much more, uh, much more uh, finely than you. So there is always a conflict. Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. And yeah, the 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 confident, like especially if you're coming from a situation where it didn't end for you, it was ended. And let's oh. face it, that's happening a lot now. But or yeah. just you know, you don't feel great about yourself. You don't feel great about the oh. job. It's actually quite hard to see everything really objectively. Oh. And I am going to give a plug for what you and I do here because oh. working with somebody else who knows what oh. the market values, who can listen to the, who's seen and heard so many stories about what goes on and, and can work out which is the gold in all of that and what's the gold to present is can actually and, and reinforces all of the fantastic stuff that people have done and says, yes, you can say that. I think you should say that. That's definitely you, um, you know, in a very objective way. That's a real, you know, that, 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 that has real value. Like, because if you do it by yourself, you do get sort of self-doubt really creeps in really quickly or you don't present all of the story that you can actually present. So... Um, you know, that's why working with somebody that's a professional does yeah. it really does help. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we started to get a lot of uh, questions now, just checking the LinkedIn comments. <laughs> um, you know, so, um, uh, okay. So is there a difference between a CV and a resume? I think it's just, you know, in certain yeah. part of the world, uh, you know, they call CV, I think probably, um, um, I stand corrected, but more or less CVs from European countries where they call CV, even in subcontinent India, mm. you know, we call CV more. But I think in uh, in Australian context or uh, New Zealand, I think we are more familiar with resume rather than CV, isn't it? It tends to be used interchangeably. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I know yeah. I've been picked up by some pedantic people over the years, but I tend to just say, either CV or resume, we're talking about the same thing. You know, it's not it's not so much the terminology, it's the purpose of the document. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so one questioning is uh, with ATS and recruiters with limited technical expertise, what would they expect out of a resume? So, you know, so I'll yeah. probably simplify that because so you know sometimes the recruitment consultant may not have the deep technical expertise on a particular the same uh you know the same uh domain knowledge uh, mm -hmm. as the candidate has you know how do you really work around that because you know i'll, I'll probably look at engineers and it professionals especially if yeah. you look at it professionals they were heavily technical stuff things that they write, write Python and I understand, you know, it's like a snake or something, right? So it's mm -hmm. like very difficult to, 
to kind of you know comprehend all the technologies and everything and and, uh, and um, i'm pretty sure you've seen the resumes of mm. it professionals especially which is filled with all those technologies that they have done yeah. uh, you know and late on the other stuff which is equally important mm. how do you really kind of judge between uh, uh, you know giving importance to technical stuff yet not just boring plain technical resume i think it goes back to what the job's asking doesn't it so if a job has five technical skills that are absolutely critical you want those five technical skills to be up there in your skills list on the front page you know if they're asking for a balance between so so if they're asking for i don't know i'm just going to you know word excel python whatever you know, they need to be there. It needs to be, they need to be there and really clear. So um, it's making sure that what's addressed, like what the what the job's asking for is not buried. It's very easy to see. And it's say, for example, if what another thing that people really mix up on CVs is they jumble up information that makes it, because yeah. what our brains do is we try to classify things really quickly and really oh, easily. Oh. So a lot of people, you know, might jumble up the sort of if they're in a, you know, tech role that requires people and business development skills, they might just put them all on the list, right? And so somebody yeah, can't, yeah. somebody just drowns in that. It's like being able to logically group them up, addressing that criteria that means that, that you know, we, we go soft skills tick, da-da-da-da, technical skills tick, you know, we, we make it the grouping really easy for people to actually see so yeah and even we and i think that, that, that is very important too uh yeah. you know uh, caroline uh is the idea of you know really you know stating clearly what this section is all about uh, you know seems like seems like a very uh simple thing to do but mm. you know many many of the resumes that i've seen do not clearly articulate that in this section you're going to read about these particular things that I've done. Because I, I feel that you know you don't want the resume to be a murder mystery mm. that you know that the other person has to go and figure that out. You got to make it simple and easier for the other person to figure it out so yeah. that the other person can help you. Mm. Because if the resume is complicated and if you know, if, if there is an opportunity for, you know, if if you want the resume to be explained by you, then you've lost this opportunity, Yeah. right? So it has to be self-explanatory, uh, you know, so that the, the person who is receiving can easily make out, oh, right, okay. So he or she is looking for a business analyst role. This is what he or she has done, the industries that he or she worked, and the, the kind of impact that he or she had, and mm. then it follows through that, isn't it? Mm, yep. And just going back to that point about like the technical skills and a yeah. recruiter that's not um, not technical and they're going to be the first screener, you got to make it easy for them to find it on the CV because they're going to be going, do they have, oh, there it is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Another question that we have is, uh, you know, around the if there's a tool available for people to really scan their resume whether this ats compliant or not mm. i know a particular tool do you there's a tool available called job scan or something yeah that's one that i, I think you can you can copy your resume paste it on the one side copy the job description paste it on the other side 
and you just allow the the tool to really assess whether yeah. that resume has got all the keywords required or not mm -hmm. so that's something that we, we encourage you to look at it is i think it is job scan yeah, um, yeah 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 do you, do you know any other kind of paid version so okay mm. all right another, anyway, another thing yeah. that I use, another thing that i use in terms of finding keywords because that's another thing right a lot of job seekers ask oh you know where do i really find those keywords now this is my uh my sort of you know take on this uh, you know, Caroline, then I'll want to get your idea on this as well. So what I do is that, uh, you know, there used to be a, a word cloud generator called Wordle. Mm. I'm not sure whether it's still available, but I think there are, there are other word cloud generators available. Mm. So what I do is I pick up, you know, three or four job ads. Let's say I'm looking at a, at a business analyst role, somebody writing a resume for a BA role. Mm. I will pick up four, four different ads with all the skills required and i put those skills or that, that content straight into a word cloud generator yeah. and then i just allow the you know word cloud to be generated and then what i see is the is the common words and now the most common words with the size of the the words will be much bigger i think that's one way for you to look at that what are the common words used in mm. all those uh, all of the job descriptions mm. so that you to know that 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 keyword has to be there sprinkled uh, mm. you know on various part of the resume is that a fair way to look at do you have anything else that yeah, you do no that's I, I was getting somebody to do that immediately that exercise today is um, looking at you know there, there might be a keyword but then it might match it up with actually a function as well so yeah um, you know, might, a lot of the work, say for its project management job, might have project in it, but there's no point just having project as a keyword on your resume. It's project management, project design, project development, project delivery. Do you know what I mean? Like it's always associated with a, fun, a function type thing. Mm. So, mm. and you definitely want to be making sure that your um, your LinkedIn profile reflects those, those keywords as well, because that's going to help um, in some way uh, come up with in searches, so yeah okay excellent now there's another question that we've received around uh do you need to improve your accomplishment to the interviewer by performance appraisals or you know some some form of um, you know evidence in the interview uh you know if you said that let's say you've said that you know you you know you improve the uh the bottom line performance of the project you turn around the project and you saved Five hundred thousand dollar, right? Mm. Now the interviewer. So, do you need to produce some kind of an evidence in that? I, you know, my understanding is you don't. It's how how convincingly can you tell that, and how convincingly can you tell the whole story to the employer mm. rather than yeah. uh, you know rather than producing any evidence? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. And generally, um, you know, they they'll ask you, "How did you do that?" Tell me how, like, and, and that's the behavioural question. So um, that's why I go with my clients through that process of teasing out those examples in, a, in that format to start off with because then that starts to set you up for the types of questions that you're going to be asked in interviews. So, and the other way that people might ask for evidence is can you give another example of where you've done it and another example of where you've done something similar 
to make sure that you've, you know, it's not just a one-off and you've got a grounding in those skills. Or it might be, you know, that comes up in a reference check or some sort of skill assessment that they get you to do um, to tr try and actually prove it. So, yeah. 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 Another question that we got, I think we are very fortunate. We've been getting a lot of questions today. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we love this you know thank you for you know everyone who was sending the question because this this is what we want uh, you mm -hmm. know we want that we answer your questions rather than uh, you know answering questions that we think you have mm -hmm. so another question you know in in particularly you know in the migrant community that i work you know heavily with, is around around the employment gap now you know obviously employment gaps are very you know very normal you know people take mm. break especially you know women take break to raise family or with some illness or especially with a lot of uh, you know migrant uh, you know uh, professionals i've seen that they they took on a job which is not particularly their field job just to make sure mm. that they keep the money flowing in uh, but now they want to return to something that they always had with that employment gap what are some of your best practices in explaining the employment gap on the resume? Mm. So if you've got a gap, you've got a gap, you know, that it's like, um, so if it becomes too long a period, you want to be doing things that um, will enhance your employability. And I tend to um, list those. So I, if it's a, I'll give you an example of a friend of mine is a great example um, she had leukemia and she was out of action for recovering for a year and a half, really. And then, so, you know, year and a half out of work, gap on, big gap on her resume. So she, she, I think she said on her CV, left due to illness. Um, but then when she was better, she started doing social media marketing for charities. She started doing some business development. She started doing projects and courses. And so she had a story to tell both from sort of the recovery, but what what she was doing um, in the interim. And she ended up um, getting a job in um, business improvement in an insurance company. Um, so it actually wasn't much to do with what she'd been doing before, but she, um, when she had recovered, she started to rebuild her resume, spoke about it on the resume, but she also um, was a, a really strong networker as well. So she got out to meet with people um, that could help her with job leads and really made an effort to build a relationship with a recruiter and that's that type of thing. So it's kind of like if you do have a gap, um, there's other things that you need to do not you can't just rely on the cv to get you over the line there's other things you really need to do to help you you know build a relationship build build your skills up build your experience up and um you know get your cv in through the back door so to speak yeah yeah well, what do you and do? another thing is obviously to i think explaining the uh you know explaining the <coughs> the gap on in the cover letter is is probably more uh important yeah. uh because sometimes it's it's not it's not easily explainable on the resume because it's still a factual document right yeah. you can't you can't explain that i've done you know x y and z uh you know straight away because you know, rather than so I will, I will add that story as part of the cover letter. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example of a guy that I worked with uh, in uh, occupational rehab work that I did. Now he was involved in a you know ghastly transport accident, had acquired mm -hmm. brain injury, and had all sorts of you know challenges, uh, you know mental health challenges and everything. After twelve years, he decided that now is the time. He's feeling much mm -hmm. better mentally, physically. Wants to return to work. And now twelve years employment gap is big, huge, right? There's like you know how can you completely hide that? on mm. the resume so what i did was i i created a resume one page resume for him but i did not even specify uh, you know the years of you know each role because mm. he consistently worked as a spare parts interpreter for most of his you know previously for 10 12 years i just put spare parts interpreter from 19 94 to 2008 or something right mm -hmm. and that's how i left it and then wrote down everything but in the cover letter i explained that mm -hmm. so what ended up happening is that people who read the cover letter they also found out but people who did not read the cover they thought oh, there's some consistent work history and in that mm -hmm. work history i also talked about volunteering because he used to volunteer with the local mm -hmm. salvation army you know and soup kitchen and everything so i listed mm -hmm. down everything together and presented mm. and you know interestingly enough he landed a uh, job in a couple of months time mm. but i think there are no there are no set rules around this you know and that's yeah. that's one of the things that i also want to sort of you know uh, you know tell our audience is that there are no rules around around creating a resume like you know there are uh, there are so many different you know versions of resume or mm. there's so many different concepts around resume that you cannot encompass every tip uh, you know an idea as possible right mm. um, you know, there are guidelines around it and that's what you got to follow rather than anything else you were saying something mm. KB oh, um, yeah I suppose that again you know when you talk about that volunteer stuff on that you might put on a cover letter again that question is so what so what does that mean about you you know you're the type of person that wants to give back or this has made you more keen to pursue a career in this area. Um, you've gained these skills that could benefit. You know, it's not just, oh, yeah, it's a good thing. In, it is a good thing to do volunteer. Absolutely in itself is a good thing to do volunteer work. But on a cover letter, what I want to see is what does that mean? Like why, what does that help with? Where does it, what, what does that give you? What does it say about you? You know, some add, add to the add to the story um, of you with with doing that basically. So, yeah. Excellent. Now we've got one more question, uh, which is around that when you tailor your resume to suit the job description, is it necessary to change the role or the title that you have held in the past to suit the job title advertised? Hmm. Um, I don't, well, the thing about job titles is that at some point somebody's going to reference you. This is my, my theory. You might have a different niche, but at some point somebody's going to reference you and they're going to say, ah, so-and-so did this job, right, between these years. So if you've got something that is very fanciful, then you're going to be pick, picked up on that. So... 
what I tend to do is quite often, and I'm just actually thinking of this person I'm working with at the moment, quite often you've got your job title, but there's so much more that you've done. So I tend to put a job title and then I might put in bold or with that um, some of the, the value that that person's delivered in that job title. So there's a title there and there's something that might say, you know, manage key projects or drove business improvement or something. So people scanning down can see, you know, that, you, that you've, you've done that as well. So, um, but what I tend to do like in positioning a resume is if you're going for a head of finance role and that's not been your title, but that's been your function, I might put applicant, candidate, da -da -da -da, you know, job for that job title or even just put that as their designation because that actually covers what what they're applying for but also what, what you know what they're capable of but what they've actually done as well so it doesn't relate to a specific role but it pitches that person for that that particular job yeah agree uh, that that's really great now we are obviously coming to a very very end so uh, before we take any questions, and you know, please, listeners, if you've got any further questions, you can always reach out to me and Caroline, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, and we'll be more than happy to answer uh, those questions uh, that you have. Caroline, before we uh, wrap up, are there because we decided to talk about also other things as well as part of this, but it's great that we had a lot of questions that we could mm -hmm. answer. Are there any other things that you want to touch upon uh, before we wrap up? I suppose just in I want just going back to sort of the overall theme of like a CV for these times if like all of the rules or guidelines or you know what nation I've chatted about all, all good um, good solid CV you'll be ahead of the pack if you you do those particular things and do them well but you want to think about also what are the challenges that businesses are going through these these time in these times and where you might be able to include something on the CV that says that you're adept at working or solving a business problem that occurs for that organisation during this particular time. So it might be, you know, for, for example, we was working with an app developer the other day and it might be, um, you know, a big problem businesses are having now is getting the voice out to the customer. So, you know, what are the apps that you've developed that are around that business challenge of the time? Um, <clears throat> another client I was working with was in finance and she's working for a global organisation, but it actually really um, positioned the organisation to be ahead of the curve in terms of the impact of the coronavirus with reporting and negotiating with suppliers. So that went on the CV because that's going to be, you know, a, a pretty pressing challenge for a lot of businesses Absolutely. as well. So there might be something that you can think about, a typical challenge that might present itself in your role and where, where you can highlight that, that capability on the CV as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, look, the listeners, you know, hopefully you found this useful and we are so appreciative that you have been able to come and ask those questions and we've been able to answer uh, you know most of that uh, please keep sending us your questions separately on our LinkedIn uh, messages and yes we will be back tomorrow again with another uh, LinkedIn live or delivering a career care package 
to you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Melbourne time. So don't forget to tune in uh, on our LinkedIn Live, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And once again, stay safe and stay home. Hmm. Thank you. Tomorrow we've got, oh, sorry, I just want to tell who we've got tomorrow. So tomorrow we've got Lois Key-Smith from Career Wisdom. So go and have a look at her website. One of the things that we're sort of going to tease out, I think, is around the pivot thing. You know, a lot of people need to make decisions maybe about shifting careers and Lois has helped a lot of people over the years with those sorts of, those sorts of decisions. So, yeah, look forward to seeing everyone tomorrow. Bye for now. Excellent. See you, everyone. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.